Sweet is Sunny podcast. It has been a crazy couple weeks, but we are finally back in action. And today we have another amazing woman coming to join us. She is a fourth grade teacher, former NFL cheerleader, and she's famous on TikTok. You may have heard of PB&J, the cutest teacher duo. If not, go look them up right now. Please welcome Taylor Brown to the podcast. <laughs> hello, hello. It's so crazy because I want to say Taylor Johnson, but now you're Taylor Brown. She just recently Oof. got married in Mexico. It's so exciting. I know. I know. Married woman now. How's it feel? It's amazing. I'm like, I told somebody the other day, because Brad and I did long distance yeah. for five and a half years before getting married. And so now it's just like a sleepover with my best friend every day. <laughs> and so we just have so much fun. I'm loving it. I love that. What has married life been like? It has been so fun. Like, it's kind of like, you know, when you get a massage and then you come out of it and you're like, wow, I don't know how I was going on without this massage. Like, my body hurts so bad and now it feels so good. Like, I don't think that I realized how much more joyful life could be. And now that I have, like, him here with me all the time, I'm like, wow, we're just like, I'm always happy. I know. It's so fun. You get to like wake up next to each other and yeah. do life together. Literally. And I'm like, yeah. we don't have to FaceTime every night. Yeah. That is the most irritating thing. Oh my gosh. So yeah. it has just been the most joyful time. Oh my honestly. I love it. Your wedding was beautiful. Thank you. We had so much fun. Yeah, it looked fun. I want to go back. Just on the beach in Mexico. What a dream. Literally. It ended up raining like on the wedding day, it rained all that morning, and then there was, like, an hour break. Like, everyone was praying the entire time. They are like, Lord, please, like, <laughs> bring on the good weather. Yeah. And um, there was, like, an hour-long break where Jalen, because Jalen is our wedding planner. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we have to do it at this time. You have to be ready, and then we got to get everything inside, and we'll do the reception inside. Yeah. And it ended up being the most beautiful hour that we could have possibly asked for so wow. it was like everything aligned so you ended up doing it outside yeah it we had the okay. ceremony outside and then we moved the reception inside oh, you did okay. which ended up being Great. so much better because yeah. it's like a gazillion degrees and nobody wants to yeah like that would have been awful oh my gosh yeah I heard <laughs> so many like good things about it and we Madeline's had a lot of brother recording oh my gosh so he was so good do you have your wedding video yet uh, not yet. I'm oh. still waiting on it. We have little snippets. He sent me this one video of like the girls getting ready versus the boys. Uh-huh. And it's like, we were rushing like crazy, just oh, making course. sure that we were ready. Yeah. And then Brad and all of his friends are out by the pool, like having such a good time. And I'm just like, I'm so glad that you had a good day. <laughs> Isn't that like every girl? Literally. Every... I know. Just oh, like trying God. to recall the hair, touch up the makeup. Oh, I know. Get everyone ready. For sure. Oh my gosh. I love it. Such a fun adventure though. Yay. So fun. So Taylor is a fourth grade teacher at a local elementary school and she is absolutely adored by her students and you can just tell you were made for teaching. I mean, even just outside of school, mm-hmm. but um, she has such a gift and I want to know everything about how you got into teaching, like why you wanted to be a teacher, the ups and downs, mm-hmm. all that. So I think that you know, there's always like people that come into teaching later in life. There's people that, you know, are like, meh, like, let me try it out. I think I have always been somebody like at a very young age. One, I learned that I like to be the boss of people. (laughs) (laughs) Made me a very annoying kid to my siblings. But two, just like, 
I remember whenever I was a kid and I got to help other people and like Mm -hmm. the joy that it brought me, like seeing other people, like knowing that I taught somebody something, which is also part of like having the attention on me as a kid. Yeah. Definitely a little child thought that I was a prodigy (laughs) type kid. And um, as I got older, I got to teach dance and fell in love with that. And then just kind of got to have different experiences, whether that was like teaching Sunday school or working with kids at VBS or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. Um, And so I've known for a long time that I wanted to work with kids and be a teacher and kind of jump into that. But really the big one was when I, I think every teacher has either a really good teacher that made them want to become a teacher or um, a not so great teacher that (laughs) made them want to become one. And I actually had the negative side of it. I had somebody that tore me down. She was my drill team director, actually, and she's no longer there, so it's okay. But um, <laughs> don't listen. She, to yeah, don't listen. Sorry. Um, but it was like known in the community that she didn't like me, and for whatever reason, just kind of tore me down, and a few other girls too. And I was like, you know what? Like, I never want to be that person in someone's life. Right. I want to be somebody that lifts up every single person, whether they are the star student or the one that's struggling. Like, I want to make sure everybody feels like they are supported and loved. Yeah. And so uh, awesome. going to A&M, Gig'em, Gig'emax, <laughs> um, I fell in love and did the education program and mm-hmm. have been teaching ever since. I knew I wanted to come up to Dallas and try out for Cowboys, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I came up and I got a job and yeah. truly have fallen in love with it. I've done fourth grade for four years and now I'm switching over to fifth grade and moving on up. But teaching is really hard. Oh, I'm sure. It's yeah. so hard. I'm sure. Um, and so, you know, it's a lot of, like, it's a lot of work for not a lot of, like, you're not getting your bucket refilled all the time. Yeah. Oh, I um, that. yeah. You know, and I think the only thing that's really filling your bucket is those kiddos and those light bulbs that go off. Or, like, you know, they had a fight with their friend and then you gave them advice and they figured it out. Oh, or yeah. you see somebody like in your class being kind and like using the things that you've taught them to apply it to their life. And it's like, oh my goodness. Like I'm thinking back to all my teachers that taught me things that I still do, that I still think about. So knowing that I get to potentially have even like a tiny part in these kiddos lives mm-hmm. is such a blessing. And that is really just been like the best, mm-hmm. most rewarding part. Yeah. But COVID was hard. I know. (laughs) I know. But that's so sweet. I love your, like, reasoning behind Mm -hmm. it. Because I definitely had teachers in my life who spoke encouragement into Mm me, mostly in dance. Mm -hmm. And those teachers are the ones I remember, like, really creating that passion and that confidence in me. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that you can do that for those kids is amazing. And I also relate on the dance teacher level, like, your bucket is not always no, getting filled. it is not. There are times when I'm so drained from mm-hmm. the deck because I work with little ones too, and it's hard when, you know, the dots are not connecting. And, <laughs> You're and, like, guys, how many more ways can I explain this? Your right foot from your left foot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. It's so funny, but um, I agree. Like, I think it can be so tough, mm-hmm. but also so rewarding when yeah. you do see them grow and learning. Like, wow, I had a huge part in mm-hmm. this, and... Um, it just makes it an honor and blessing. But so I did watch you go through a really difficult time during yeah. COVID. I remember just the stress that you had to deal mm-hmm. with. 
having to teach virtually and basically just turning conventional teaching Mm -hmm. on its head. So explain what that was like, because I know for everyone, COVID was crazy. It was hard because I think you get into teaching not because the pay is great. (laughs) (laughs) And not because it's this like glamorous job that you get into it because you want to make connections with kids. You want to make a difference. Um, you know, you want to like help them grow as human beings. Mm -hmm. And so whenever virtual teaching came around and I was lucky and during COVID the first year of it, I was face to face. So Mm -hmm. I got all the kiddos at school. Um, but then the second year I ended up being virtual and that was kind of what like really rocked my world because I like, I'm the teacher that has their kids standing up on their chairs. And, like, we go outside randomly and we dance around. Mm-hmm. Or, like, we have dance parties. You're the like, fun teacher. I <laughs> I just love, like, random dance breaks and turning on my disco ball and, like, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. so taking away all of the connections and bringing it down to, like, okay, I'm going to teach you. And then that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then on top of that, I have kids that their internet wasn't working. Right. Or they couldn't show up because they had a you know, something going on or, um, you know, you name it, it was all over the place. And so I think with that, just seeing one, my love for teaching going away, like I was like, this is just not me. Mm -hmm. Like I love this so much. And like the fact that I was getting to the point where I didn't love it anymore Mm -hmm. was heartbreaking. Cause I was like, okay, now what? Like, this Mm -hmm. is my whole life purpose. Like, what am I doing? And that was tough, but it was even harder watching kids, like, decrease in their social skills and emotional skills. Mm -hmm. And I could just see them struggling. Mm -hmm. Like, they would try with every ounce of their being to stay on the call longer just to talk. Like, they just wanted someone to talk to. And so for me, it was like, okay, what can I do to help with this? What can I do to make this more fun? Mm -hmm. And so that's when Peyton, because we were partner teachers at that point, and that's when we were like, okay, let's just become like talk show hosts. And we were like, let's be talk show hosts and try as best as we could. And it helped, but it was just so hard. Like we got our kids back in person. And at that point I was like, thank God. Like I thought that I was going crazy that I didn't love it anymore. Right. Yeah. You did say that at one point. You're like, I don't think I want to teach anymore. Mm -hmm. You're trying so hard to just (laughs) do everything you can to make it fun when all you're looking at is a kid's face on a screen like it's hard I mean I did my senior year of college online and so like all my classes were over zoom Mm -hmm. and like it was hard for me to yeah to you know pay attention so I can't imagine a little child Mm -hmm. trying to do that with the distractions of being in their own home Mm -hmm. and also like the parents I feel so bad oh my gosh because you you're used to dropping your kids off. Mm-hmm. And for those parents who both go to work, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, now I have to find like a nanny and pay yeah. for that. And, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Well, and then on top of that too, like, you know, there's some parents that are teachers mm-hmm. and that are, you know, they're wonderful at it and it's fantastic and like very lucky, but like I went to school to be a teacher. Like, yeah. You exactly. didn't. And then all of a sudden you've got three kids on three different levels and you're having to help them manage their school and keep their snack and like, keep some sort of normalcy for your kiddos. So Mm -hmm. honestly, shout out to the parents because there was so much that they had to change and they had to adjust Mm -hmm. to. Um, And I will say, I think that that was a big thing just in the world of like teaching and like the appreciation of everything Mm -hmm. is like, I think teachers and parents actually have better relationships now Mm -hmm. because we kind of understand 
each other a little yeah. bit more. So I think that, that was sense. like definitely a positive. Right. If I'm like really digging for positives. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, and I know I'm sure you were so happy when you finally got your kids mm-hmm. back in the classroom and oh yeah. Had that interaction again. No, it was like it was definitely tough because there's so many gaps where they were like socially and emotionally uh-huh. things were different. Like I don't think academically I noticed as much as I did the social and emotional differences between them and the kids that had been face-to-face the whole time Mm -hmm. um and so that was a struggle for those kiddos and you know just adapting back to what it was like to be at school and Mm -hmm. making sure that they weren't scared to come to school and that was a big thing and so yeah you know all of that set aside it was like the most joyful time for everyone yeah I remember like crying my eyes out whenever my teacher or my principal came and told me like hey like virtual's done like the kids are coming back like no more zoom calls oh no gosh. more google classroom whatever and i was like <gasps> i have chills for some reason i'm like why why that just sounds so cool it was it was just the sweetest it was such a happy time yeah seriously okay so if you guys don't know i know i already said it but pb and j on tiktok yeah. is the cutest little teacher <laughs> duo if you have not seen their TikToks, pause this podcast right now. Go <laughs> look them up. Taylor and one of her partner teachers, best friends, Peyton, created this teacher TikTok account where they do like cute dances. They talk about things with school. It's so sweet. <laughs> but how did you guys kind of come up with this whole idea? Oh, gosh. So Peyton came in my third year of teaching and she was fresh out of college and just like a little teeny bopper. So <laughs> energy I say ball. that. Yeah. yeah. She's just a little ball of energy. Yeah. And we very quickly realized that we were very compatible. Like mm-hmm. we were about we were gonna be best friends really quickly. Um and she is just like my energizer bunny when I'm on zero and vice versa. Like yeah. we just really feed into each other. And one day she has a cheer and dance background too. Right. She okay. actually danced with uh Tori. Oh. Yeah, growing up. So Well, bad. I was gonna say every time I watch you guys dance, I'm like, wow, she's keeping up. Yeah. With you. Like, no, she's, she's good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Her tilts are ten times better than okay. that. Okay. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but no, so we had a recess duty on Fridays together and we we're like, What if we just started a TikTok? Like, why not? Yeah. And I think it was her idea and I was like, Okay, here we go. Let's start a TikTok. <laughs> And then we quickly realized, like, oh, PB, Peyton Beal, and then Jay for Johnson at the time. Um, at the time. At the My time. My maiden name. Now you're going to have to change. Oh, gosh. Just kidding. Don't no. change it. No, no, no. We're going to be the same. Um, we're like, oh, PB and Jay. Neither of us even like PB and Jay's, like, <sighs> peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but it worked. What? I love them. I know. I know. It's... <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. Um, and we just started doing dances every Friday, and then it started to pick up, and we're like, okay, like, Let's, let's do a little bit more consistently. And so we yeah. did. And it just has really taken off. Yeah. Like, it honestly started nice. as us being like, let's do something fun and just get our energy out, uh-huh. whatever. And now it's like, we've got an official email. We've got, like, wow. you know, we've got, like, things Look at going you guys. on. We, uh, Don't you have, like, partnerships with Scholastic mm-hmm. companies Yeah, we've stuff? got... We've worked with like Vici. We've worked with Pink Lily. We're working on things with um, some other companies that are pretty big. But we do like oh my god, oh here we go. Secrets. Like Fox News just interviewed us. Are you serious? This week, yeah. Wow. So you guys are official. Some, it's like it's 
I'm like really not sure who said that I could do this and who's Taylor, like, go wow. for it. But it's been really cool. And like the biggest thing is um, we started to notice like our fourth and fifth graders were watching TikToks that were not an appropriate TikTok. Like right. Either the yeah. song or the dances or whatever. And we're like, okay, we have this thing and our mm-hmm. kids like kind of know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like what could we do to help with it? But mm-hmm. we realized like, Whenever you watch certain videos all the time, it changes your algorithm because you know how TikTok works. Yeah, for sure. And I was like, what if we got them to watch our videos and then their algorithm changed to like Mm -hmm. appropriate teacher videos, Mm -hmm. which it worked. So we had the kids like start watching our stuff and we didn't like tell them to, but they were like, you're on TikTok, right? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm Miss Johnson here. You guys are sneaky. Uh, We are. We are. But yeah, it's taken off and that's awesome. We are like inseparable yeah and I yeah you guys look like (laughs) the best of friends but it's so it's so cool like just we need more good people like that who are wanting to influence kids in a good way versus (laughs) like making the 13 year olds look like 20 year olds literally I'm like do no teenagers have awkward yes where did it go because I was definitely making home videos of me like dancing around on my pogo swing like <laughs> to Hillary Duff at that age. At Hillary Duff. So I don't know. Races, like oh yeah. Just the ugly stage. Like I wore bows mm-hmm. in my hair until I was probably a freshman in high school. Yeah. Like I oh, yeah. for sure I think I may have been older than that. Yeah. I mean my freshman year of high school I had braces. Mm-hmm. I was not cute. No. Like I was where is that uh-uh. stage? Now I look at 13 year olds and I'm like are you 17 literally I'm like y'all are very very pretty and you know how to do makeup yeah and that's not fair because I had blue eyeshadow and like yes thick eyeliner honestly I think like I'm sad for them mm-hmm. and as long as I know they're beautiful and like mm-hmm. so cute love it but I'm sad for them mm-hmm. like you need to experience this part of life mm-hmm. because it was fun yeah. And you just really didn't care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I will say, I do think that social media has made this like area and this kind of like era of like keeping up with the Joneses in a way of yeah. like, especially for kids at that age. And I have a, my mom's, my mom's boyfriend's daughter. I call her my stepsister, mm-hmm. but she is 14 and I'm always like, go have fun like stop caring about what other people think like just go be a kid Mm -hmm. because there's only so many times in your life where you can like let go of whatever and just go have fun yeah and I feel like that like I was rollerblading around the neighborhood when I was 13 like I was not had my razor scooter yeah (laughs) exactly I'm like the razor scooters the razor phones like we didn't have Instagram like social media just wasn't a thing yeah I think life was so much simpler. It really was. And like, you know, there's good things about it too. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun that you guys have made TikTok into something that's like positive and cute and fun for these mm-hmm. kids. But that's not the case with everyone. Yeah. So I'm glad that you guys at least are making a difference in your classrooms. And I mean, it has gotten big. Like you guys are kind of famous. <laughs> Peyton was on... That new TV show, Dancing with Myself, Uh like Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas recognized her and was like, yeah, my teacher uh, from Texas, which, you know, I love the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. I was like, that is so unfair. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I know. I mean, you guys didn't expect it to turn into that. No, not at all. It was like very unexpected. We just thought it was going to be our own little thing to like do on the side. And Mm -hmm. then it is completely blown up. 
Wow. I mean, I can't wait to watch. Like, it's so fun. How it gets. You guys are going to be on like Good Morning America. Or oh, something. gosh. <laughs> Hello, America. Let's go. And not to mention, like, life in DCC world, mm-hmm. we have all these little kids' camps, and you were like head honcho of that, <laughs> too. Like, Taylor is a teacher on all platforms, which you know that's just like a gift from God. And mm-hmm. so the fact that you can step into that with confidence, like, you're using the mm-hmm. gifts he's given you so well. and. Well, thank you. stewarding them in, like, different areas. I think that it took me a really long time to realize that that was my purpose Mm -hmm. on this earth. Like, whenever I came into DCC, I was very, like, everything worldly, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I want to look perfect. I want my body to be perfect. I want to be the perfect dancer. I want to be the, like, air quotes, like, cool girl. You know, I want to be friends with everybody. I want to be invited to everything. Right. Um, I want to get everything in DCC world. Mm -hmm. And then it was like my end of my third year after COVID where I was like, okay, I've got to change. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not working. Like I'm not making the friendships I want to make. They just seem like I'm trying way too hard. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting anything in DCC that I thought that I would ever get, you know, whatever that I thought had so much value. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my fourth year that I was like, oh, like Mm -hmm. this is where I'm supposed to be. Like Mm -hmm. this is what it looks like to be content with where you're at. And then God then takes you and like uses you Mm -hmm. and your gifts. Yeah. It's so funny because I think your fourth year, like you vocalized that epiphany and it helped so many people too, because, you know, we talked about this. I'm just going to go into it, but um, we talked about it so much in Bible study. And let me just backtrack. But one of the reasons (laughs) that I got close to Taylor and like looked up to her so much was because of her faith. And she was the leader of our DCC Bible study and always led with so much grace for everyone. And not to mention like you've been through so much in life mm-hmm. and have just continued to lead and be that teacher and be a positive light in every space that you're in. But having Taylor be in charge of, of our Bible study, she preached a lot mm-hmm. like on worth and worldly things versus um, kingdom things. And so we really had like a good mindset last year mm-hmm. because we had to talk through like all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's just like another attribute of you being a great teacher is like you learning those things about yourself and like Mm -hmm. checking yourself but then also being like hey this is what I learned and I need to tell you guys so that you don't experience the same Mm -hmm. thing and like like get wrapped up in it yeah I think my biggest thing in DCC and I've told so many people this that like if I would have retired my second or third year then I think that I would have left just bitter Mm -hmm. and like felt like they didn't utilize me or like right. it's all on them and like, you know, them, them, them pointing the finger. Like I could have done this. I could have done that. Like, I don't feel like they appreciated me and like, you know, what was me? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because I came in and I was like, I want to make show group. Mm-hmm. I want to be at the front of the formation. I want to be a leader. I want to mm-hmm. do all these things. And none of those things happened to me, mm-hmm. you know, for me year after year. And I think so much of that was because I was constantly like, if, I get this, then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And if I get that, then I'll be happy. And if I get this, then I can lead people and people will listen to me and this and that, you know, whatever. Um, Or if I get this, then I'll be confident in myself. Mm -hmm. When in reality, like God calls us to be content and joyful with where we're at Mm -hmm. rather than constantly like wanting something else. 
And, you know, I was like, at the end of my third year, I was like, okay, this is just not working. Yeah. Like I am not joyful anymore. I am not enjoying this anymore. Like what can I do? Right. And so going into my fourth year, I said like, whether I'm a leader, whether I'm on show group, whether I am in the front of the formation or the back of the formation, whether I'm in charge of camps or not, which Mm -hmm. I was like really hoping for, but still like things happen in that world. Um, I was like, I'm going to be joyful first and try my best to just pour into others. Like that was like my number one goal. Mm -hmm. And that's literally like, that's what God calls us to do anyways. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was like, okay, God, like now I'm going to do what you asked us to do. Like now, um, (laughs) and, uh, finally realized like what life was like, because it was when I started doing that, that God was like, okay, like here are all the gifts. Yeah. And so I just remember talking to everybody being like, I hear you that you're bummed that you didn't make show group, Mm -hmm. but you can be a leader outside of that. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can stand out outside of show group Mm -hmm. just because you're on show group. Doesn't mean that there's not another thing Mm -hmm. and another thing and another thing. Yeah. You know, like there's right. I was listening to this message the other day and this guy was like, you got your genes and your environment. Like you're born with things that are going to make you wonderful, make you incredible, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then your environment can help make you wonderful, incredible. Mm -hmm. So we're taught like you don't have the genes and you don't have the environment, then you're not going to be successful. And God is over here and he's like, wait, hold on. Like I gave you the tools. Mm -hmm. And so like in my mind, I'm like, okay, if you don't have the genes in the environment and you're sitting there, then I think that is not where your gift is supposed to shine the most, Mm -hmm. you know? For me, I'm over here like, okay, well, I wasn't born with like the flexibility of who knows what. And I didn't have all the dance classes that I was supposed to be like, God, why can't I make this work? Like, am I just not a successful dancer? Right. And God's like, no, you are a successful dancer, but that's not where I want you to shine my light. Yeah. That's not where I need you right now. Wow. Yeah. And so it wasn't until my fourth year that I was like, oh, like Mm -hmm. this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and that's. I talked to Rachel and Ashley um, and I was like, guys, I think we should do like a Bible study, mm-hmm. like straight up, like studying, like stories in the Bible, mm-hmm. learning about it, whatever. And they were like, okay, get it started. And like, we got you, we got your back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I was like, all right, now what? And so it took me like two weeks, two to three weeks before I actually like sent a message to the group. Right. Um, cause I was just nervous. I was like, what are people, are people going to want this? Like, mm-hmm. are we going to have like five people? And actually, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I remember talking to you mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, like, you know, kind of, this is what we do. Like we have, like, we talk about Jesus here and you were like, I think that I'm almost more excited for like Bible study and like getting together with the girls to talk about Jesus than I am for like the dance part. Mm-hmm. And it was that that I was like, okay, like somebody will be there. Aww, I was like, Claire will sweet. be there. <laughs> and so it was like hearing that that I was like, okay, like I just need to go for it and do it. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that by the end of the year, we almost had the entire team. Crazy. They're like yeah. just the most like eye-opening thing to me where I was like, okay, being content with where you're at. Mm-hmm. is not settling, mm-hmm. but it's just finding joy in the place that you are in the place that God and the yeah. things that God has given you. Because somewhere like years ago, I prayed to be right where I am. Right. Right. And if I just take that for granted, then I'm never going to enjoy it. The gifts and like the fruit that God has given from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that like 
I'm con- I was content in that moment. I feel like walking away from DCC, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. Like I miss my friends, but like, I'm good. Yeah. You Isn't know? that funny when you like finally let go of all the things you're holding on to that really are very earthly mm-hmm. and God is finally can shine his light and be like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is actually what I meant yeah. for you on this team. But <laughs> you just were getting in your own way the whole time. And Literally. Like, you like finally had that year where you're like, I can enjoy everything. I mm-hmm. feel purpose. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, I feel like, I mean, we, we always talk about it. Mm-hmm. DCC making that team is the biggest honor. Yeah. But we are such goal oriented, high mm-hmm. achieving people mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, we made it. Now mm-hmm. what? Now you what? Know? Mm-hmm. And so we're all focusing on what else can I do to improve? What else can mm-hmm. I do to like accomplish things? Which, you know, it's great to have mm-hmm. goals, but that can really mess you mm-hmm. up because you're focused on getting things, getting mm-hmm. things, getting things. When in reality, like, you've already made it. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to give, give, give. Yeah, exactly. So it's just crazy how your mindset can change Mm -hmm. over time. You realize these things and it makes the biggest difference. Yeah. You just have to make sure that your intentions Mm -hmm. are good. And like Mm -hmm. the minute you realize what you're there for is the minute that things start making sense and things start feeling purposeful. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think that I, that can be applied to everything mm-hmm. in life. Like, yes, we want to have goals. Yes, we mm-hmm. want to shoot to achieve things. But we need to make sure that we are having a kingdom mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, is this for God's glory mm-hmm. or is this for my glory? Yes. Because if Taylor steps into um, DCC and is a great dancer, but she's most of all the person who impacts people the most and teaches them about Jesus and all those things, well, that has an impact mm-hmm. that – extent past our life like Mm -hmm. that's where you're building your kingdom in heaven you know I think something too that a lot of girls I remember talking about was like but I don't know my purpose Mm -hmm. like I don't know what I'm supposed to do and like you know for me I was always like okay my purpose is kids camps Mm -hmm. and not that my purpose wasn't kids camps on the team like obviously you know that was a massive part of me being on the team and what I gave back but I don't think that that was my purpose on the team Mm -hmm. I think my purpose on the team was to come and like create a space to talk about Jesus mm-hmm. and learn from other people. Like the amount of things that I've learned from you and Rachel and like so many other girls on the team mm-hmm. um, in that space is such a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whenever girls ask that, I'm like, totally hear you. Like I had no idea mm-hmm. the, like whenever I joined DCC, I had zero idea like where I was going to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not the clear best dancer in the room or the clear Rachel Wyatt, stunningly, <laughs> incredibly looking human being. Yeah. Um, it's hard to kind of figure out where you are supposed to be or even just in life, like what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like being content in where you're at and being joyful and thankful and grateful of the things that you have been given, mm-hmm. it starts to be clear. And yeah. that was the time where I was like, you know, I kind of want this. And God is just like, every day I woke up, it was like a sticky note on my forehead. <laughs> Taylor, are you going to do it? Like yeah. you're thinking about it. Um, and I think those are the things that we need to listen to because right. that's where we're going to find our purpose. Right. And I think it's important to note that we all have different gifts that God mm-hmm. gives us and like to build up a house. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually listened to this in like one of my sermons from Watermark, mm-hmm. but he was talking about each of us having our own tools. And it's like, 
you can't have all nails to build a house. Mm -hmm. You have to have the nail and the hammer and the, you know, all the different tools um, because they're important and that's what helps you build Mm -hmm. the house. And like, I just think that's really cool because Mm -hmm. you can step into your own gifts. And once you become confident in that, I think you just start living with like a different Mm -hmm. attitude. But something else that we also talk about is like the legacy that we want to leave. And if you, if I just wanted to leave a legacy of like, being a good dancer or mm-hmm. say making show group or being mm-hmm. the point of a triangle, whatever it is mm-hmm. like, cool. But when I come back in 50 years, mm-hmm. I would rather my friends, like I would rather have a lot of friends that mm-hmm. I cared about and loved intentionally and like made great relationships with. And, um, that's the kind of stuff that matters. It's like how you impacted people, not what you accomplished, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and especially for you leading the Bible study, you plant those seeds um, early on in mm-hmm. your career and like it's already taken off as you're there, but like it's going to extend towards when you leave too. And that's mm-hmm. awesome because you planted those seeds and God's watering them and it, that's an impact in mm-hmm. itself. And so I just think it's really cool that when you stepped into that calling, things really started blossoming mm-hmm. and you felt like such a purpose. There. Yeah. But or I guess let's like kind of go into how you got into your faith. Like how did mm-hmm. that happen? How'd you grow up? So I grew up in Houston and I definitely grew up in a family where like we went to church, mm-hmm. but it was just the social thing mm-hmm. for me, I, you know, at least um, all the cool kids did it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to be a cool kid too. And I'm going to go to church, <laughs> which like what a blessing it was that our church gave us that, you know, area for mm-hmm the kids like want to be there. And that was like the cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, like we went to Six Flags and we did like campouts and all kinds of fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that I ever was like, I want to get to know Jesus and that's why I'm doing it. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. during prayers, I would be the kid with like my eyes open, seeing if any of my friends were also looking around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Um, and so I've just kind of been like always around it, but never really mm-hmm. interested And uh, my parents actually had a really rough marriage growing up. Mm -hmm. Like there was always arguing um, and always just like, I just kind of thought that that was normal. Mm -hmm. Like things were never like calm. It was always just hectic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so going into high school, I would say all social. Like I was not focused on my faith, but it was around. So I just kind of did it because all my friends were doing it too. Mm -hmm. Which I guess, you know, compared to what, my friends could have been doing yeah I had friends in the opposite direction I'm yeah, like okay I'll go to church because y'all are going to church yeah and my mom's like you know I'm supposed to tell you like don't do things just because your friends are doing it but I guess with this one like do it <laughs> yeah um, and so going into college my freshman year I was like focused on impressing boys and like focused on like having fun and going to parties and being cool and mm-hmm. like so many things that I'm looking back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was such a sad little girl Mm -hmm. trying to escape, like just growing up in a family that like didn't get along. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I came home, you know, for summertime. And at that point I was dating this guy that was not, not very nice to me to say the least. And he was not the person that I should have ever been with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like best friends with Brad who is my now husband, (laughs) which is so weird to say, but, um, 
he was for sure friend zoned for quite some time. <laughs> like close, Poor boy. Close to like six months friend zoned. Wow. Um, but anyway, so I go home and it's like June. And at that, the weekend that this all went down, I was supposed to go to this music festival with one of my friends. And there was like zero reason that I should not have gone. Like mm-hmm. she bought my ticket. She had an outfit planned for me. She had rides planned for us. Like everything was planned out. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun. One of my favorite artists was going to be there. as like a country concert thing. Like there was zero reason that I should have stayed home. Yeah. But there's like some part of me that was like, I just don't feel like this is a good idea. Like I need to, I need to not go. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't go. And that weekend, my parents were actually at this conference thing that my aunt had bought for them, mm-hmm. and they were working on their marriage and just trying to get the foundation to be rock again. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom calls me, and she's like, hey, like, your dad isn't feeling well, which he was pretty dramatic. So I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> and she's like, can you come and get him and then take him to one of the, like, little clinics, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So I did, and he's, like, coughing. I'm like, okay, dad chill out and we get there and they're like hey you need to take him to the er and i'm over here like a little 19 year old like okay like sure i'll take him so i take him to the hospital and they immediately rush him back like take figure out i think they took his temperature and they figured out like his oxygen level i'm not sure exactly but they like did some quick tests and they were like you do not look good we're gonna rush you back so i'm like standing in the lobby by myself and i'm just like What's going on? What is going on? Yeah. Like, my dad just got taken back. I don't know what's going on. I'm calling my mom, and she's like, okay, just stay calm. Like, I'm on my way. Like, at this point, my mom had only thought, like, he was just feeling bad. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm going to stay, make sure we get all the information, whatever. Um, so then they take my dad back, and a sweet nurse comes and gets me, and she's like, hey, like, we just wanted to get him stable. It kind of explained everything to me. So I go back, and my dad and I had – like, I was definitely daddy's little girl, but he was also really, really hard on me. Like, mm-hmm. we had a really rough relationship mm-hmm. um, and kind of some things that I've, like, come to terms with over the years of how rough it really was. Mm-hmm. But I was also, you know, daddy's little girl. Mm-hmm. So he ended up being in a room, and I they brought me back there, and we had, like, the best afternoon together. Mm-hmm. Like, truly one of the best memories I think I've ever had with him. And, um, that was a Saturday. And so my whole family came up that night and we all just hung out and the doctors were like, okay, we just think it's pneumonia that got out of hand. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but it is what it is. Like he'll be in here for a couple days of medicine and then he'll be out. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, Sunday night rolls around Monday rolls around. Um, and Monday I'd gone home cause my little brother was in middle school at the time mm-hmm. and my aunt called me and she's like, Hey, you need to come up to the hospital. Um, we got some test results back and we just all want to be together. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, like what's wrong. And at that moment, I don't know why, but the word cancer just kept like flashing in my head mm-hmm. and I was like, what's wrong. She just wouldn't tell me. Mm-hmm. So we get to the hospital and it's my aunt, my little brother, my aunt is my dad's sister. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's mom, my grandma, and mm-hmm. it was just us four. And my my aunt takes my dad, sorry, my aunt takes my grandma down the hallway. And then my brother and I start walking down like towards his room. Mm-hmm. And I see all of my mom's siblings like walking out and they had not been there at all that weekend. And they're all sobbing. I see my cousins in the hallway and I'm just over here like, what is going on? Yeah. And that's when I walked in and everybody was crying and my mom couldn't even speak. And 
that's when my older brother was like, dad has cancer and it's really bad. Like it's everywhere. And I was just like, I literally fell to the ground and I was just like, oh my God, like what? Mm -hmm. Like I just spent this wonderful weekend with him or this wonderful Saturday with him. Like what's going on? I thought it was just pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And so then I kind of blacked out for the next like 24 hours. Um, But that next day was kind of when he stopped talking and he had to be put on life support. Mm -hmm. So it's like he went out on Saturday and then by the next Tuesday he was on life support. Um, And so we just kind of spent that week with him and that following Saturday he passed away Mm -hmm. and it was like, what in the world? Like I remember at that time just being like, so angry at God Mm -hmm. being like, why are you doing this? Which I think is really common for people. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. whenever we go through something that's incredibly hard to be like, like, God, like, I'm so angry with you. I'm so mad at you. I'm so obsessed, like not obsessed. Like I'm upset (laughs) with you. Yeah. Um, And that like a week later was father's day. Mm -hmm. And I was also supposed to go on a church, like a mission trip with my church to a small town in Texas. Mm -hmm. And I told my mom, I was like, can everybody come? Like, can it be like you, me, and then my two brothers? Mm -hmm. They came up and they all like hung out the first day. And then I think for them, it was like not where they needed to be, Mm -hmm. but it was like 1000% so clear that that was exactly where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to be a camp counselor, but like everybody knew. Like, and you know, once again, though, I signed up for this because I wanted for the social reasons, you Mm -hmm. know? no other reason than that. Um, and everyone was kind of like shocked that I was there, but I was like, this is what I need. Mm -hmm. Like I had so many breakdowns and so many times where I needed to like leave the room, but I was like, yeah, this is, I don't like, I feel like if I go home, then I'm going to be like missing something. Mm -hmm. Like I was just so, it was just so necessary for me to be there. Right. And so every girl in our group that we were, that we had, we were supposed to pray with them Mm one-on-one and, I remember like one of the girls had come up to me. She was like, Hey, can we pray together? I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, let's go away. So we went and sat down and she was like, I just need to tell you that like, I've never talked to anybody about this, Mm -hmm. but my dad passed away three years ago Mm -hmm. and I've, I need somebody older than me to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm over here like two weeks out from my dad passing away. And I'm like, I don't think I'm the right one for this. Like, I don't think I'm the one, you know, to talk to you, but that was like the first moment that I was like, oh, like God doesn't just do things to punish us. He does things because it's a part of a such a bigger plan. And it's not like it, at that point I was still upset because mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's so many things that he's missing out on. Like my right. wedding life events, like he's supposed to be here to be like a grandpa, you know? And um, it was then that I was like, okay. what is this like there's got to be a bigger reason other than just like he's not here anymore Mm -hmm. you know and the following year after that five of my friends lost a parent and I had um I went back to school and Brad was there and that's kind of like our story too because his brother was really sick Mm -hmm. with cancer oh wow as well and passed away the following February oh my gosh and that was kind of like our story of like he was there for me throughout my dad yeah. and that other jerk of a guy was gone. Yeah. Um, but Oh, the biggest thing that I wanted to say too, is that that day that my dad and I spent together, mm-hmm. I was texting Brad cause he was just checking in on me and 
that other guy had ignored me for the past like 24 hours Mm -hmm. and my dad was like i'm gonna go ahead and put this out here but uh that other guy like i don't know about him Mm -hmm. and i was like okay all right anything else and he was like yes absolutely um (laughs) brad (laughs) he was like brad sounds like a great guy and so for me that was my dad like giving like although he never met brad that was him like giving him his blessing Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. um but yeah so my faith like i tell people all the time that that was like the best and the worst summer of my life because obviously i lost my dad but Mm-hmm. It was such a transforming time in my faith mm-hmm. that I was like, I finally learned what it was like to understand that God had a purpose for us mm-hmm. and that he doesn't just do things in our lives or things don't just happen in our lives for just because right. to make things interesting. Like there's a purpose for that. And my purpose was that I was going to use my story to help my friends and to help other people, mm-hmm. whether I knew them or not. And ever since then i think you know in college it was still really tough and i was struggling a lot but like at that point i was still like curious like mm-hmm. i was constantly curious and so when i came to dcc i was kind of in this place of like okay i'm curious but i'm also self-conscious and focused on worldly things mm-hmm. and you know i think something that's not always communicated like just through the christian community is like just because you have god in your life does not mean that you're going to be happy and joyful and confident and not struggle with worldly things. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, the devil, like he is a sneaky guy and he is going to try his best to get into your ear and try his best to like convince you of things that are not true. So it's like a constant battle. And so in DCC, whenever the Bible study came up, that was like, this is what I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the thing that I've been praying for, for the past really like eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, like, whenever I talk about, like, not knowing your passion and, like, it might take time, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's going to take eight years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't. But just in that time, like, being able to share what I had learned from start to be, you know, start Mm -hmm. to end, um, Mm -hmm. I think that's been, like, the biggest blessing that God has given me. Right. I can't imagine like I was just thinking about it myself losing a parent if I didn't have faith I don't know Mm -hmm. what I would hold on to because that just that's so hard Mm -hmm. and to not believe in something higher would be I feel like I would be hopeless yeah like to not have hope that there's like it doesn't just happen just because yeah you know and I like I watched I've watched a lot of people in my life that did not have that, that I'm like, guys, like, I want you to experience this so bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the best thing that we can do as Christians is not, not even like convincing other people and being like, hey, like you have to do this mm-hmm. or this is the right thing to do all the time, number one. Yeah. But it's just sharing your experience with people and being like, this is my story. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how like God has impacted my life. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine, like you said, like I can't imagine experiencing that without faith. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where people, and that's why I've always in Bible study, like tried to be as vulnerable as possible because mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, if you are a non-believer, mm-hmm. like that's where you're like, okay, wait, this is a real story. Like yeah. you're a real person yeah. and 
that's sure. a true, you know, that's a true testament. Absolutely. And for most people looking in on that, it's understandable that you would be upset with God mm-hmm. about that because, you know, it's so painful and you're like, why am I going yeah. through this? And it's even more of a testimony to like share how he took you from that place to a place of growing and loving mm-hmm. him and like seeing the other side of it. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a cool story and like a very cool testimony. And mm-hmm. I think also what you said about being a Christian, you're not always going to be happy. Like <laughs> it's not like you, something like that happens and you're just like, Oh, it's okay. Like I'm going to see my dad one day. It's a like, part of the plan. Yeah. Like, part of the plan. No. It's not cheesy like that. No. Like, you there's a time to mourn Mm -hmm. and like that's very real Mm -hmm. and you should mourn that and like you should sit in that and like process it Mm -hmm. but it's like that one little light at the end of the tunnel that like gets you through it Mm -hmm. it's like the light knowing like okay one day like I get to see him again Mm -hmm. and like there is something better at the end of this it's not like we're separated for eternity like he was a believer Mm -hmm. and so you know you're going to see him one day. Mm-hmm. And that's like the hope and joy that you can hold on to in the midst of all of that pain mm-hmm. and like everything. That's why like I think faith becomes so real mm-hmm. for a lot of us in like dark times in our life mm-hmm. because it's like all you have to hold on to. Mm-hmm. It really is. And like, and that's where the verse that I had already mentioned, you know, John 13, 7, you don't understand now what I am doing. Mm-hmm but someday you will. I think the first part of that is like recognizing like you don't understand now what I'm doing is being like, God, what the heck? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think any of us can go through something and be like, oh, okay. Like I immediately, I understand. Yeah. Like it's, there's gonna be for all of us. And I think God recognizes that like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. Like what is going on? Mm -hmm. Um, but the second part is like the hopeful side of it where it's like, but someday you will mm-hmm. of like, just like, just wait. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show you, like, I promise you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just think that that verse holds so much. Like there's, just, it's just such a heavy verse for me. Cause mm-hmm. that is what has carried me through literally everything. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll even learn things later on in mm-hmm. life that um, pertain to this too. And like, just, I think a lot of times the things that we go through are meant for you to help somebody mm-hmm. else. And I experienced this kind of stuff in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I struggle with like skin issues mm-hmm. and body issues and all that stuff. And I'm always the one who's like, why God, <laughs> why are you doing this to me? It sucks. Like mm-hmm. I hate this, but I have to remind myself there's some purpose to it. Like I've prayed every single day about it Mm -hmm. it's not going away so (laughs) it's either you know to help somebody else or to like sanctify me further Mm -hmm. and just help me grow trust in God but um it is something that you learn over time and yeah you just have to be like a faithful messenger Mm -hmm. with sharing those stories Mm -hmm. God turns your mess into a message Mm -hmm. you know he sure does graves in the garden so (laughs) I am so thankful that you know, we met through this team Mm -hmm. and I, one of the reasons I started this podcast was because of people like Taylor who have taught me so much just in life and in our Bible study and all this stuff. And I've wanted to share that, the things I've learned Mm -hmm. with other girls and, and women to apply to their life. And so I hope that like hearing your story Mm -hmm. 
girls will, you know, just it'll be a little push to like trust Jesus with some things mm-hmm. and see that the things that you struggle with do have a purpose and um I just hope it like has a great impact on people and I know it will because it's you. <laughs> well you are so sweet and I am so proud of you. Like truly in the Bible study, even though you were like a rookie, your input was always so welcomed and needed and <laughs> so amazing. And the fact that you're taking your knowledge and your experiences and your platform and using it for good and like starting this podcast. Like, I've listened every week. And even though every girl that you've interviewed is one of my best friends, <laughs> yeah. I am like, oh, wow. Like I've learned so much. And yeah. like, I want to talk to Rachel about that. I want to talk to Lexi about this. I want to talk right. to Madeline about the birds chirping and making her cry, <laughs> which by the way, is true. It is true. She cries uh, at everything. She cries at everything. <laughs> but I'm just so proud of you. And I just know that you are touching so many people's lives. So. Thank you. I've loved having you on. I love you so much. So much fun. And <laughs> I'm sure we'll have you back on. Like, there's so many things we can talk about. Oh, yeah. We can talk up. for hours. Honestly, clearly. <laughs> I know. I know, seriously. But thank you so much. I, I appreciate you. it. I love you too. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe. Just kidding. Like it. But yeah. Just follow along for more super fun conversations and conversations like this that are mm-hmm. going to be really inspiring and impactful. But love y'all. We'll see you next time. Yay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>